Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. What's up, Kieran? Adam Childs here. Kieran Lefebvre, episode 80, Q&A, Ask a Black Belt. Yeah. I thought you were stopping the recording. No. No. Uh, I saw saw you pressing some buttons and I was was like, That was an awesome intro. I was like, oh. The one time you do a good intro (laughs) and you fuck it. I I looked over and I thought you were stopping it and I was like, wow. I was like. (laughs) He was just like, you can fuck off. (laughs) Stop the recording. We got to (laughs) talk. Episode number 80. If you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. But every single 10th episode of the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast, we do an Ask a Black Belt Q&A. This is Ask a Black Belt Q&A number seven. Because every milestone episode, 50, 100, 150. Dude, two, you're, comp- you're confusing everyone. Okay. Every 10 episodes, we do a <laughs> Q&A. If you want your question read out on the show, as in in your voice, we take audio questions. Yep. You can submit it very easy. It's like sending a WhatsApp audio message. You just go onto our Instagram mm-hmm. bio. There's a link there and it just takes you to a page where it literally just hit the, the record button record your message. Like it's, it's very, very easy. Super, super easy. And then we can play it live on the air and you will hear your voice. Yeah, we are, we are going to answer today a couple of questions that aren't in audio format (gasps) as, as as we had previously uh, promised these listeners that we would answer them. But yeah, guys, typically send in the the audio questions because we, you know, want to spice it up. Well, not not only that. I mean, we'll we level up this we, game. Can, we can only answer so many questions in an episode. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you send through a text question, it might be a good question, but we've already got like twenty audio questions that mm-hmm. we already have to pick the the best questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, you've got to send an audio question. To audio be in the questions. game. You got to put some skin in the game. Put some skin in that game. I want to hear your sexy voice. Boom. Yeah. So okay. let's, let's, let's jump into Walk it. Let's, uh, let, let's get into it. Okay. So we're going to go from the top. The first question is from, let me just find it here. Da, 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 da. It's from Dan. Let's go. Hi guys, Dan here. Love the show. I've been doing BJJ for four months and really enjoying it. However, I have three kids and a very busy work schedule. What advice do you have in balancing competing priorities and what can I be doing to improve if I'm finding it hard to make class? Thanks. Ooh, good question. Time management. Yeah, so we had a similar question last um, last Q&A, I believe. And actually, shout out to Dan. I, uh, I met him at a recent competition that was in Sydney like a, a few weeks back. So it was nice to, to meet him face to face as well. So Dan, my advice, get a new job. Yeah. Just quit, quit your job. Quit mate. Yeah. Buy, up, stock up on <laughs> stop, stock up on two minute noodles. Yeah. Right. And uh, you'll be fine. Just Scurvy. Don't tuna. worry about it. It's not a thing. Can tuna. Can tuna. Yep. You'll be fine. Uh, no man, like obviously, you know, you never, yeah, competing priorities and family and kids are a massive, massive priority, mm. uh, you know, and whether – like I have everyone's situation is different, you know. Some people it's – I don't know, does your wife also work full-time? Maybe you don't have a wife. Like, you know, maybe you're a single parent, you know, obviously. Like whatever, there's a lot of factors to take in, in into consideration. So if you if the time is not there – 
Like if, if literally you're having to, if you were, for you to be able to train more, you're either going to need to work less or spend less time with your family and no one can make that decision for you. Right. Like that's a very, like, I mean, this, yeah, the, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to see your kids less <laughs> if you want to get, if you want to get better at jujitsu. So, so Dan, you can download an adoption papers PDF <laughs> accompanying this episode. So all I could say uh, for the first part of your question was just to, you know, align your expectations, you know, don't beat yourself up when if you're only making it to class once, twice a week or whatever it is, don't, don't compare yourself to that, you know, 20 year old who still lives at home and has no job and trains, you know, twice a day, five days a week. Like don't, you can't, two completely different stages of life, two completely different stages of your jujitsu life as well. So you just can't compare yourself to those the reality is, you know, you get out as much as you put in like most things in life. So if if you've only got X amount of time, there is only a certain amount you're going to be able to get back out because you're only putting that much in. Again, uh, uh, you know, if if the choice is jujitsu, work or family, man, like, yeah, that's, I, I can't even enter into that conversation, you know, but I mean- You've only got so many years to that your body can handle jujitsu. Your kids will be around for ages. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> <You'll>, <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's no. so funny. <laughs> uh, but then to sort of the second half of your question, how how can you get better when you can't make it to training? Any sort of consumption of jujitsu is going to add to your to your improvement. So even just passively watching jujitsu tournaments or having flow grappling on in the background, like you're just going to kind of by, um, you know, being in that environment, it's kind of similar to, you know, that immersive learning a language in a different country, like just being surrounded by it, even though you're not actively trying to learn the language while you're walking down the aisle at the supermarket, just the Mm. being the environment rubs off on you. Even having the TV on in the background in whatever language it is, you know, just helps train your ear to it. So that that to some extent ex- extends to jujitsu. I, I do want to put a little asterisk though that you can't, it's only so, you can only get so good by learning the theory part of jujitsu. You, you know, like, yeah, you can't, you can't study timing, intuition, you know, an instructional doesn't make you fitter, more dynamic, yeah, doesn't improve your reflexes. Like even things like pain resistance. Yeah. Like it is a physical sport, you know, so like you need hand hands on experience, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, you can't do a thousand hours of, yeah, I don't know carpentry theory and then think you're just going to like go build a house perfectly. Like, I mean, you've got to get hands on experience, right? Like that's why anything physical actually come to think of it. Like that's why so many like physical professions like carpentry or being a chef or whatever, something that requires hands on they're usually done through apprenticeships because you study in university. Yeah. Rather than spend four years in uni and then all of a sudden get a job as a qualified carpenter. 
or qualified chef. And it's like, bro, have you ever actually physically filleted a fish? No. How are you a chef? It, like, you know, mm. and jujitsu is very similar. Like you can't, there's no substitute for the hands-on aspect of it. Yeah. But yeah, I would just say when you can't get to training, but you still want to be learning, mate, I don't want to say instructionals. Yes, instructionals, but at the same time, no. And the reason I'm saying no is because if your attendance is quite sporadic as it is, you're probably getting enough, like you're probably already learning more techniques at the gym than you can consume, not consume, but that you're not spending enough retain, time on I the suppose. mats retain, for you to retain yeah. them and make yeah. them autonomous and implement them into your jujitsu. Yeah. So yeah, instructionals, but I don't mean as in, don't think you've got to sit there and study it. Think mm. of it as just this, um, you know, this immersive learning experience. The instructional's just on and maybe it's on while you're cooking dinner and mm. you're half paying attention. Yeah. We've spoken in the past on previous episodes about how to get the most out of your training when you can only train twice per week. So you could leverage some of those uh, techniques and those, uh, you know, tools that we we mentioned, things like taking notes on what you learn in class, things like, re- you know, reviewing those notes, being present and, and you know, you go back and listen to those for, for more uh, specific details on how to really maximize your time and, and, and things. I, I remember you mentioned in the past for time management, carving out dedicated windows where you know you will train like maybe yeah like when you, it's in your calendar when it's every monday wednesday i yeah. train like then you, you can know, rotate your schedule around yeah, that find, yeah, find it, something that fits in your schedule that you can like semi permanently put in stone and, and in the beginning it might be a bit of adjustment but people will get used to people as in like let's say your boss or whatever yeah, colleagues, like family. if it's in stone they mm. get used to knowing you're not available at that t- those times yeah you know i i know it's very different but the there's a lot of like the area that our gym in, it's a very Jewish area. And I, well, some people approach jujitsu like it's a religion, Mm. but for those who don't know, uh, I'm not Jewish, so I might butcher this a little bit, but they have, I think it's from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. It's like Shabbat or Sabbath or something. It's where for that essentially 24 hours, you know, they can't use, any like electricity or they can't light a flame, they can't drive cars, like nothing, right? And it's just the norm, you know, like if you're in that community, you know, or if you interact with anyone who is of that uh, level of Orthodox Jewish or whatever, you just know they're not available. Like their phone is off, like they're they not going to get in their car. Like the only way you would be able to contact them is physically going and knocking on their door. So, you know, it's just the norm. Mm. So if you have, I train every Monday, Wednesday evening. Yeah. In the beginning when it's new, people are going to be like, what do you mean you train and whatever, but they'll just get used to it that, Mm. okay, Dan's not available at those times. Yeah. So anyway, I hope, I hope that helps. But, but yeah, like, like I said, if there's only so much time, you're going to get out what you put in. But when you're not there, try to have some immersive learning. Yeah. Hope that helps. And again, it was lovely to meet you at the comp, Dan. And um, I don't think I met Dan. I think I was about you were, to step you on. Were, you were fighting while- um, Nogi? Yeah, it was Nogi. I remember because I was looking in that direction and we waved and I waved. And like, oh, yeah, I think yeah. it might have been. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, he, he had walked over because he's like, oh, I saw Kieran and I was like, oh, I'll watch him <laughs> fight. And, I, and, and we had a bit of a laugh at that it was going to be terrible. But then he won. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one that I won very quickly? Was that my first match? Was, I don't know, bro. Man, come on. I, I expect you to take notes there on my matches. All, it was all a blur. Uh, you're a blur. You're moving so fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question is from John. Hi, Kieran. Um, I thought I'd quickly just ask um, the importance of uh, breath control in Brazilian jiu-jitsu training. Um, and if you can offer any tips on how to improve your breathing while you roll. Thanks. Excellent question. I, like I don't know it. why it's addressed to you. What the fuck does Kieran know about <laughs> breath control? Mr. Everything, bro. <laughs> You're making shit up, bro. You're making shit up. I'm editing this out. We Excellent used, question, John. We used to have a guy train. Oh, Jakey boy. He, we used to give him a hard time for training. We'd call him Darth Vader because he'd be like, <laughs> he'd just be like straining so hard. That's funny. Well, I mean, the question was addressed to, to you. Um, what would you say? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. I'll take it from here. No. Um, yeah. Excellent question, John. So, Breath control is a very interesting one um, when it comes to fitness in general, particularly like cardio fitness. There's There's been a few books over the years that have really popularized the the whole breath movement. Um, like, man, there's, there's so many. I think there's one literally just called Breathe. Uh, I know that um, there's some jujitsu specific ones that have come out recently. Um, and I, I, I want to spend the time here just to give you some practical takeaways and point you in the right direction of some tools that you can, you can go down. So specifically the question is how can you improve your breath control? But then the first part was, is it important or how important is it? It's very important for, for all fitness, right? You, if you've even, even like a simple example, doing something like bench press or any, any sort of weights, if you start working with a knowledgeable PT, one of the first things I'll teach you is how to control your breath through that movement. And it's, it's the reason that it's taught and the reason it's so important is because your breath can depend or can uh, change how much power and force exertion you can have in a movement. Uh, specifically for weightlifting, it's it's mostly about bracing, bracing your core, and that is a type of breath control. If you leverage your breath to brace your core, you get more power out of your movement. Jiu-jitsu is a very dynamic version of weightlifting, right? It's you know moving someone else's body as your weight through all sorts of planes of movement. So it becomes even more important to have very good control of your breath and your core through being able to brace. And the second part of that, another very important part of breath control is being able to, it's to do with like your, your cardio output. You would have seen um, that like the, the, okay. So you've heard the, the term mouth breather, right? Like the whole, oh, he's a mouth breather. What does it generally mean? It means that they're stupid. The reason, <laughs> like a mouth breather is, is someone that's fucking, that's, that's the, they're a window licker, right? They're dumb, right? So <laughs> the reason that that is, is a saying is because it's true. Like if you breathe predominantly through your mouth, it doesn't supply as much oxygen to your your brain. And there's a whole bunch of other reasons. Like it doesn't cool down the the breath as effectively. You lose cardio output. There's 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 many, many, many different reasons. And it also has to do with breath capacity. So putting all that together, all the theory, this is what I recommend you do to look into it. Uh, for a very easily consumable breath practice, I would point you directly toward Wim Hof. Wim Hof is very, he's infamous at this point. He's incredibly popular, particularly the last five years. His popularity has exploded. 
He's got, um, I, I think his book is called Iceman. But if you just want, okay, cool. How do I start getting better at breath control and, and breath retention and things like that? Firstly, understand how to brace. And to do that, there's plenty of, you know, videos online. Just look at basic weightlifting bracing. That's going to teach you how to control your breath in a bracing format. Always breathe through your nose. That is a given if you, if you can, particularly when you are very fatigued, it's going to help. And third is look toward Wim Hof. He's got an app. I've, I've used it myself. It's pretty decent. If you want to learn how to do um, breath control, if you don't want to pay for his app, cause it's a small subscription, he's got a free version, but it's not as good. Then you, you can look at um, just Google apnea training. Cause it's pretty much the same thing. Apnea training is a type of breath hold training that freedivers use. And it basically is a, a, a table uh, through, it, it takes you through a breathwork exercise where you progressively hold your breath longer and longer and longer. Um, and you repeat that, you know, however often you, you decide to do the exercise, maybe once every second day, twice a week, every day, whatever. And by following the apnea table, you can get better at holding your breath for longer. The reason that this is important is because for jujitsu specifically, one, it's going to improve your cardio output. Two, it's going to improve the amount of red blood cells that are supplied in your body. Three, it's going to get you into a position where you are comfortable being uncomfortable. That that term is thrown around a lot, but when it comes to breath holding, it's very, very uncomfortable practice. It sucks, right? It's not fun. Yeah, man, I'm terrible at holding my breath. Yeah, it's, I'm it's like, shit. I, I struggle to do, I don't even know if I can do 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm very, very bad yeah. at holding my breath. So- by being comfortable doing breath work exercises. And if you can end up, if you do them consistently and you can hold your breath on, on an exhale, because most of this training is holding your breath after an exhale. And if you can hold your breath after an exhale for like three minutes, if you are in- Three minutes? Yeah. Yeah, a guy that trains our gym, Samir, he can do, I think his best is just under four minutes after a full exhale. Yeah, he's very good. He, he practices uh, the Wim Hof uh, method quite, quite consistently. My best is like just under three minutes. It's, you can build up to it. There's different ways, like you over oxygenate, but you know, that's a rabbit hole. But if you can, the, the point is, if you can get comfortable in those uncomfortable positions, that's going to translate directly to jujitsu. Not only are you going to be able to perform due to in, the, in that environment of lack of oxygen, you're going to get a lot more comfortable. Doing Think this of, podcast has made my jujitsu better. Me too. So uncomfortable, right? <laughs> but think about like the last time you were in a position where you're basically being smothered, right? Maybe you're trapped in, you know, side control on the bottom. They're, the geese over your face, or yeah, the rash guards in your face. Kind of like I always give an analogy like a surfer getting held under exactly. water. Exactly. You, know, you, you get used to it, but of course there's also, there's use to it just by doing it, but mm. there's also training that can be done to 100%. get more, more comfortable there. 100%. I think my- my two cents would be more more specific about just being aware of your 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 breathing in in a role yeah, and what absolutely. i mean by that is there's times you can rest and times you can't rest yeah. you, know, you see people being in side control bottom and nothing's happening mm. and they're still like <laughs> and you're like Bro, like then right. just chill, you know? So, uh, you know, think about it like a, whatever, like an 800 meter run or race, you know? You can't sprint for 800 meters, 
But if you also just jog for 800 meters, you know, or maybe like 5K, let's say like a, you know, you can't, it's that balance of, you know, when is it the time to like push? When is it the time to conserve? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same with, with, with your breath, right? When you got to understand, and that's why beginners gas so hard. Because they don't, they don't breathe. Don't, yeah, they don't breathe, but it's also, they don't breathe properly because they view the entire role as like almost like it's just this one never ending rep. Mm. It's not, there's multiple reps and you need to breathe in between your reps, right? Absolutely. So the beginners tend to gas because they don't realize when is it a time that they can be like, okay, like they can not rest because you, you, it's still an active engagement taking place. But when can I take a second to, you know, I'm not doing a rep. Think about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the top of a squat, right? Like let's say you're doing squat reps. Okay, yeah, I'm standing. It's like I'm resting, but I mean, I'm still holding a freaking barbell across my back. So, you know, I'm still engaged in the exercise, but I'm not going to stand there in between reps going, yeah. Just blew out everyone's ears. Like I'm just going to be standing there being like, okay, you know, you can take a sec and then brace and then you go for your second rep. And rolling's the same. There's time that you can be resting and, you know, mm. and that's where a lot of the the breathing goes wrong mm. and that people- And, and people like people literally hold out. their breath. Like yeah. you, you find a lot of the time, like in jujitsu specifically, that's, that's why a lot of like upper belts giving advice, just breathe, breathe, breathe. Don't forget to breathe because people, you get so engrossed mentally in what you're doing. You f- fucking start holding your breath. You forget- and people actually hold their breath when they're doing like work as well, like at a computer, you, unconsciously you'll be holding your breath. You shouldn't be holding your breath. You should have a very slow considered breath. But when you, you're deep immersed in work, you if you catch yourself, you're like, holy fuck, I'm holding my breath. And I'll be holding my breath for like 20 seconds. Why? Yeah. Now I will point you toward another book um, that, I, that I, um, I, I recommend to anyone that's looking into you know, breath work in general and, and the, the, the advantage of oxygen is called The Oxygen Advantage wow. by Patrick McCowan. Uh, very, very excellent book. Just give it a Google. It's worth reading. I read it a few years ago and it's it still changed the way that I approach breath work and just every day. Uh, it doesn't, it's not necessarily like Wim Hof in terms of like breath work exercises, but it does have plenty in there, but it talks about uh, the, the power of breath work and how different breathing just throughout your everyday life or in exercise can affect uh, your your performance. So definitely look at the oxygen advantage to start. Look at Wim Hof, always a good reference. And uh, yeah, those two should put you down the right path. All right. Awesome. So next we have two questions that we, as Adam uh, mentioned in the introduction, that we promised that we would answer prior to us going over to uh, audio format. So we're going to uh, address those two text questions. Yes. So- the first a question we have from S, which is, uh, so she's asked what to do if your head coach won't roll with women. It's like an unspoken rule, <coughs> excuse me. It's like an unspoken rule at our gym. It's a bit hard as a new blue belt feeling like your promotion was justifies, justified if you've never even rolled with your coach. And then a tag on also, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage to the guys that I train train with. Um, yeah, I mean, firstly, I would, I get that feeling, you know, if, if you're not getting to roll with your coach, I don't think 
she meant disadvantaged as in girl versus guy. I think she meant, I feel like I'm at a I'm getting the short straw because I never get to roll with my coach and get that, you know, they That's have the back. advantage yeah. of rolling with the coach. Um, mm. So what, what to do? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, what to do my, I mean, I think my short answer would be find a different gym. That's a, yeah, that's a mad red flag. Yeah. In my mind. You know, I don't, I don't want to give him the benefit of, of, of the doubt. Like I'd mentioned, uh, you know, with, with Dan's question that we're in a big Jewish community, we have some students who, because of their religion, like they won't even high five women. It's like, you're not allowed to touch any woman other than your wife. But that's a very, I find it hard to believe this is his reason for not rolling with women. Uh, actually, unfortunately, I don't really have a lot of advice because I find that, I find it rather mind boggling. Like I roll with all my students, you know, all sexes, all ages. Like I roll with the four-year-old kids and I roll with, I've got one 65-year-old guy who we roll together and do privates together. Like, I, you know, I got girl students, guy students. I roll with everyone, you know, and it's, it's a way that not only am I able to help them, but also for me, I want to be able to, to feel where they're at. Yeah, I can kind of judge their progress and help them by watching them roll. Of course I can. And watching them drill and just participate in in, in jiu-jitsu as a whole. But I also want to be able to, to feel like, you know, how tight is that, you know, armbar or how good is that pressure or, you know, things that you need to feel like their timing and their grip strength and whatever it is. So I don't know, like, uh, uh, I wish I had better advice. I think I've never really heard that. I've really never heard of a coach, like having this unspoken rule that he doesn't roll with women. I mean, I've, I definitely know of instructors who don't roll at all, which I also think is a bad thing. Uh, you know, I think instructors that it's kind of like, getting one of those fat, overweight personal trainers. Oh. You know, I'm not going to say they can't be knowledgeable, but at the same time, it's like, well, you kind of want to like practice what you preach sort of thing, you know? So instructors that don't roll at all, I think's weird. I wouldn't train at that gym. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, if the instructor didn't roll at all, I would be fucking out the door. But also in-, in But not rolling with women. Yeah, in weird, the context like, of this person, yeah, this never, is kind of like the instructor not rolling at all because they're not rolling at all with them. With or with a, like a category, that's like, that's a fucking massive red flag. You have to ask yourself. Well, what I'm asking, the question that comes to mind is why. What is the reason? Yeah, that's more the question I have. Really, why? What? I think I think unfortunately, we need more we, information. We, yeah, <laughs> we need to send back a, a question to you. Like, yeah. like why? I mean, if if you're asking us, it makes me think that surely you've asked some of your training partners. If it's this yeah. unspoken rule, like like why is it? I don't know. Does, does the head instructor have an abusive wife that is like, doesn't let him roll with other women, you know? Maybe, yeah, that could be a reason. <laughs> you know? Maybe. Maybe it's a jealousy thing and, uh, you know, for someone that doesn't understand jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like is, so, but then again, if your partner, if you're a black belt and you have a gym and your partner yeah. doesn't understand jiu-jitsu enough to- That's a red flag for him. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> He's got plenty of red flags on his own. Like th th there's so many questions. There's more questions than, than answers, answers in the yeah. I mean, but I definitely, I definitely 
wanted to to bring it up because it's yeah, an that's interesting very question. Interesting. That's like I said, I'm uh, I apologized for not having a, a, a great answer because, like you said, there's it's brought up more questions. Well, what would than you answers. do in this? Like scenario. just purely on this information and yeah. it's end of conversation and there's no more information being given mm-hmm. or exchanged. Like if just all the information that you have is instructor doesn't roll with women and that's all you have, I would be like, that's weird. Why train somewhere else? Like it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like, Okay, what if that's the only gym in the area? Leaving is not an option. I don't know, man. Then have the, have, the, have the conversation. Cause I mean, it's just, yeah. if yeah. it is, if that's all the information you have and I'm not able to get more information, it is hard to go, to go anywhere other than, well, that's sexist. Yes. Right? 100%. So, I mean, I know it's two different things, but imagine if we were having this same conversation and it was like, oh, this, you know, instructor r- refuses, like, it's like an unspoken rule. He doesn't roll with any of the, you know, any Asians or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? You yeah, you'd go, be like, what the fuck? I know, I know race and sex are different. Like, but yeah, I mean, the, yeah, yeah. the point I'm making is you He's would go- classifying a group and excluding them. Yeah. It's excluding it, a, like, an entire group of people. I, I just, I can't, yeah. But like I said, the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, the more I'm going, why? Well, I actually want to know more. Yeah, why? Yeah. Like if the I, instructor is thinking like, oh, you know- they might hurt them or something. Then if your black belt instructor can't temper their, their applied technique and their strength for a role, then what yeah, the hell? That's, that's a problem. That's I mean, a problem I'm a hundred well. kilos and I roll with four year olds. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, uh, most of them don't come back. But <laughs> <laughs> most of them don't survive. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I would, I would be interested to see if, if post listening to this episode, feel free to send through more information. Yeah. Like, but I am interested to know, it's fascinating to know why, like you know, and yeah, maybe like I said, if there's no more information, it's hard to get mm. further than thinking that's sexist. There could be a very legitimate, reason, legitimate, yeah. logical explanation. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. So, or maybe it is just. So you recommend? Well, I don't know. They- maybe I mean, for all we know, we're sitting here having this conversation, and you know maybe one day it comes up and all of a sudden your instructors, they're going, I thought you didn't want to roll with me. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. It's hard to answer it, unfortunately, without more information, but if that, it that is, if it me. is, if it is flat out, like it's on the wall, instructor does not roll with girls. I yeah. would be like, fuck that gym off. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is like so sexist. And why w- you then, yeah, you can help your students so much by rolling with them and you can learn so much about their jujitsu by rolling with them. Mm. And help them specifically. Yeah. 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 What you said before is like, if, if, you know, someone brought it up and then he's like, oh, hang on a minute. I thought it was on you. It yeah. could be that there's this really, really interesting study that was done with monkeys, right? Have you heard this about the trained behavior in monkeys? Let me, let me just quickly explain it. It's very interesting. And it's literally what you would like the human version of what you were saying. Right. So in this study, they had these monkeys in a cage and with the rewards, the grapes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Sh- I don't think there was rewards. I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. Just sit back. <laughs> like, shut yourself up, bro. In. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to summarize it. There's, there's obviously more details. Okay. Monkeys in a cage. There's like 20 monkeys or whatever in a cage. And they have this one part of the cage that it looks like you can get out. It's like a tunnel leading out of the cage. Anytime one of the monkeys went up the tunnel, they would get, all the monkeys would get sprayed with water. They hated it. Right. They didn't, monkeys don't like being sprayed with water. So then over time, the monkeys that were in the cage learned not to go up the tunnel. 
because you get fucking sprayed or go up to this particular section of the cage. Then they introduce a new monkey into the cage. And anytime the new monkey tried to go up to the tunnel, all the other monkeys would gang up on him. Stop him. Oh yeah. Would bash him. Like like, thrash the crap out of this monkey because they're going to get them all sprayed. Right. And then slowly but surely they kept replacing out the monkeys. And until one day they got to a state where none of the original monkeys that knew the repercussions of going up to the tunnel were in the cage, but they'd still bash the shit out of them because it was learnt behavior. And that's that's sort of like analogous to what you were saying where maybe for some reason, none of the women asked the instructor to roll so it, also, they've, yeah, they've created yeah, this yeah, monkey yeah. situation where no one knows where it came from, but it's actually, you know, an unspoken rule that maybe the, the women inadvertently created and the instructor hasn't done enough to like break that rule. So maybe in his mind, whatever. Yeah. It's just something that unfortunately, yeah. It's, yeah. It's been misled behavior. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, or on the other hand, maybe he's sexist. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We don't so know any anyway, more information. If you want to follow up with that. But yeah. May, yeah. So Maybe with the only information we have, I think you have two options, either get a new gym or a conversation needs to be had. Yeah. You know, and like I said, maybe it is literally that with him going, well, I thought you didn't want to roll with me. Yeah. You know, like who knows, Mm -hmm. right? Or yeah, whatever it is. Or (laughs) maybe maybe your dad threatened him, don't you touch my daughter? And he's (laughs) like, oh, fuck. (laughs) No rolling here. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I think, I believe we have one, do we have one more question? Sorry, yeah, we do have one more. One more text question, a legacy question, we'll call it. A legacy question. (laughs) Uh, Let uh, me uh, bring it up. From Dalton in the US, (laughs) I like this question. How do you approach in live rolling, trying a new technique with a lower belt, but they keep spazzing out? (laughs) Do you move on with other techniques or do you try to keep positioning yourself where you can keep attempting the move? I mean, it's quite a good question uh, because you could do both of those things. Mm. And, and, you know, what is the, the, there's value in learning the ability to force something that you want regardless, but there's also value in learning when to cut your losses and take something else. Definitely trying new techniques on a lower belt is a good way to learn them. You could yeah. think about it like, you know, if me doing a, a a technique on another black belt is the equivalent of, you know, deadlifting a hundred kilos, right? Well, it'd be silly just to start with a hundred. I you start with a 20 kilo deadlift. Like you, you work your way up to right, it. Deadlift start at a hundred. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you get a new technique and it's more valuable to, as a black belt, to try it on lower belts and perfect it on, okay, I'm quite successful at doing it against blue belts and now I'll try it on purple belts or whatever. It's like a rough, you know, guideline. However, sometimes it depends on the technique. Like once you get to quite advanced techniques, they only work on upper belts because you need that- um, Reaction, right? Yeah, you need that more advanced chess game to play out. Mm -hmm. You know, think about very high-end grandmaster chess matches that require another grandmaster sitting across from you to for it to get to that point where you would do said move, right? So sometimes it's impossible, like- take a brand new white belt and try to do any sort of like 
reverse De La Hiva sweep or technique on them. You can't because they don't engage in reverse yeah, De La Hiva. So that, that would require them to That would require them to, to like go into that semi-Cossack squat position and engage in reverse yeah. De La Hiva. I always tell my students that reverse De La Hiva is not a guard you can forcibly keep people in. Yes. You can always back out of it. That creates other problems, yeah. like lots of space for them to invert and whatever. But, you know – when you a brand new person that's never seen that before, you can't do reverse De La Hiva or even, you know, brand new people, you can't do X guard because you get into them. They fall over straight away. Yeah. So it depends, you know, when you say a lower belt, how much of a lower belt? The, the, fact, you say, <laughs> the fact you say spazzing out makes me think, you know, Pretty new. spazzy white belt sort of thing. Yeah. So in that regard, let's make it a little bit simpler. Let's say they're spazzing out, but you're trying something that's relatively simple, like uh, a Kimura from side control slash north-south or whatever. Yeah, you, there's value in forcibly being able to get something against all odds, against all odds, but there's also value in learning when to cut your losses, ditch the Kimura, take the back mm-hmm. or something. So – when there's no golden rule for for uh, whether you keep positioning yourself or move on, there's value in both, right? But just understand that some techniques won't be possible on lower belts, mm-hmm. whether it's that they don't, you know, the the 20 steps of back and forth that need to happen to lead there aren't going to happen because the person doesn't know those 20 steps because they're not a high, you know, they haven't learned enough mm-hmm. or they just don't under, understand the position. You know, like even myself, if I was rolling with another black belt who was a specialist in sort of like bolo and crab ride stuff, I can do bolos and crab rides, but it is not my area of expertise. I'm not going to defend and re-bolo and re-crab ride and do all these necessary steps for them to be able to do their crazy 50-step complicated bolo crab ride technique because I'm not going to be able to give them what they need to do that. Mm. But then you put like, I don't know, Mikey Musameshi and Talis and Suarez together or something and it's, or whoever and it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. So anyway, just something to, to think about. There's value in moving on. There's value in, in forcibly pursuing it, but also understand that some stuff just won't be possible against cer- certain belts. But there's definitely value in – if you're rolling with a lower belt, deciding beforehand or like mid roll, I'm going to try to hit this move from this position. Yeah, I often like do that. Like, goals, yeah, right? you know, yeah. that's, I mean, that's more of a, a general, how can I get value out of training with, with a lower belt, belt yeah, you know? Yeah. So just smash them. Just smash them, bro. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that can be it. You know, I, I sometimes give myself a little handicap and we've done this in simulated competition training before where I try to level the playing field. And so this is a training we do sometimes where to try to make people put a lot into the role, I'll put consequences. Essentially, if you lose the role, it's 20 burpees or Mm -hmm. something like that. Something that no one wants to do. Yeah. Right. Lose the role. Got to lick the mat. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. You got to do your taxes. (laughs) No. Um, so to level the playing field, I'll do like this. Okay, let's say you're a black belt, right? So it's black belt versus black belt. Well, it's simple. To win the role, like let's say it's a 10-minute round. To win the role, you need to win by one submission, right? In other words, it's – um, One it's, more than Yeah, them. one more than them. So if you sub them – if they sub you twice but you sub them three times in the 10 minutes, you still won, right? Uh, 
I, I kind of do it like this. You each start the roll with 10 burpees each. Mm. And whenever you're one up on them, you've given them your 10 burpees. But mm. if at the end of the roll it's a draw, you both do your 10, mm. right? Uh, and I will caveat, if toward the end of the roll you try and negotiate who's going to win and like – you give it out, you both do 50. Yeah, yeah, there's no making deals under the table. I'm watching. Right? But then I sometimes, and I do this sometimes just mentally without setting up this training, I'll give myself a handicap. I'll go, okay, well, if I'm against someone my level, another black belt, and I want to win, I want to submit them, right? Or be one up on them. But then if I'm with a brown belt, I go, okay, well, now I've got to submit them twice mm-hmm. in the same amount of time. With a purple belt, I want to submit them three times. Blue belt, submit them four times. White belt, five times. Mm-hmm. Just as a very basic mathematical way of, of giving yourself a handicap. So if you're a purple belt, rolling with another purple belt, sub them once or one more time than they sub you, you could argue you won the role. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a handicap to a blue belt, try something twice. And so yeah. this is a way that you can- I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, in my but also on how sometimes you are. do something like, yeah. okay, man, oh my God, my half guard on this side is terrible. So I'm going to work on my half guard on this side. Yeah, 100%. One thing that I've been doing lately is is deciding beforehand uh, how many times I want to sub, particularly if they're quite new, a white belt, or like mm, three times today. Sub them three times <laughs> and then- mm, Three for you, yep. three for you, two for you. Four for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'll do, um, I'll, I'll, I'll set the amount of times and then after that, I'll just take them as they come. I won't try and hunt for any specific submission. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll go three. One of them has to be an armbar. I'll get it. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to like stop smashing them. I'm going yeah, yeah. to oh, stop being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then if they piss me off, then I like do yeah, something. Yeah, they, they try wrist lock me. It's yeah. Hard. Oh yeah. If they go too hard, then it's fucking, I'm going to sub you with a bloody knee ride or something. Yeah. <laughs> get that knee on belly, son. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I think that, yeah, like, like I said, Dalton, it's a, it's a, it's a good question, but, mm. but yeah, there's value in both and just recognize if it's, if there's, depending on the technique and the skill level, some stuff just won't be possible. You won't get the reactions you need from them. Mm. And that's okay. Work on something else. Mm. So so try and force the position until you can't. Is that is that like a- No, I mean, yeah, maybe. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. There's value in- there's value I wasn't in even both. listening, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where am I? What are we talking about? <laughs> Who's Dalton? Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome question. Uh, thank you so much for everyone that submitted questions. And I really want to find out more information about this not rolling with women. Yeah, well, please follow up with that if you are listening. I hope you are. Uh, and also just a quick shout out to uh, two of our listeners, Sean and Dan. Who sub- oh, yeah, they sent in yeah. through some su- suggestions. Right? They sent through some suggestions that we listened to um, just before for episode 100. So if you have a suggestion for episode 100, uh, we're going to try and do something the special. Current, the current one is that we both wear mankinis. <laughs> <laughs> we need something better. Oh, man. I don't want to get a wax. <laughs> um, yes. So, so awesome suggestions, like legitimately good suggestions from Dan and Sean. Um, we're considering both of those. Uh, and yeah, so for episode 100, if you have any suggestions, please feel free to submit them to the show. And if you want your question on episode 90, please go to our link tree on our Instagram. Our Instagram is at beyondjujitsu underscore podcast. And the first link in our link tree, that's how you can submit an audio question. Yeah. And just before we leave, I had a rant. I'm not going to go on about it because we've run out of time. But if- <laughs> Sorry, Matt hang Damon, on, we're out of for, time. For, for our more regular listeners, I'll just tell you the episode number and, and you'll, you'll, know. Pro- you'll, you'll know. Yeah. If you know, you know. This is uh, going to be like a, this is like an Easter egg for <laughs> people that are interested now. Episode though. 77. 
Yeah. Just look at the title. That is not the title that I gave that episode. Mm. Kieran changed the title. I have the power. And I'm so angry. If you know, you know. Until next time, guys. Later.